Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Eight o'clock. Thanks for joining us, Jim and Kate from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Patchy Friday, we celebrate the start of the weekend. Celebrate last night too. Nuggets taking down Golden State. Look like no way that's going to happen. They're down by 18, seven minutes to go. Denver goes on that run. They've got 29 to four run, something like that late, and something insane. And. Jokic is a 39-foot buzzer beater three to win the game for Denver last night. We also have the Avalanche winning in overtime last night. Back-to-back games of the Avs get game-winning goals in overtime from Nathan McKinnon, who, by the way, Nathan McKinnon mentioned uh, earlier that he'll be going to the NHL All-Star game. Interesting thing about uh, McKinnon, seven straight All-Star games he's been selected for. He trails only fill-in-the-blank for the Avalanche in consecutive All-Star game selections. Joe Sackick? Ding, ding, ding. Good job, Cake. Eight straight for Super Joe Sackick. And Mac will make that happen. Oh, yeah. So McKinnon joins Sackick. 13 selections total for Joe. Peter Forsberg went seven times. And they're the only Abs players, those three, to be uh, named to the All-Star Game seven times with the franchise. It's pretty good considering some of the talent that have played for the Avalanche uh, over the years. All right, so uh, texture call us today. Thoughts, predictions on the Broncos. Would the season be a little more satisfying for you? How much more satisfying, I should say, will it be if they win nine games? And... They also beat the Raiders for the first time since 2019. I still view the season, while the benching of Russ and and Russ's future and his imminent departure sour sour me on things a little bit. Certainly has to because you feel like here we go again. It's going to hit the reset button again at the quarterback spot. Overall, there's a lot of things I have to be pleased about. This team, from a scoring offense standpoint, went from being one of the worst in the league to to kind of middle pack, I think like 17th, something like that. Right. From being dead freaking last, that's pretty darn good. That you saw Russell Wilson have a pretty much a standard Russell Wilson year. Not that that's going to be anything now since he will no longer be the quarterback of this team. They were in the playoff conversation into Christmas weekend and, and actually into New Year's weekend. It's been a while since the Broncos have been there. It has. There are things to be happy about. There are also things that are concerning. I still think the offensive line's a concern. They spent a lot of money on Powers McGlinchey, and that hasn't hasn't really improved the way I think we we thought it would. I think it, it... It's improved in a lot of ways, but it's also had some of the same issues that have plagued them in the past. Yeah, Has Russ played a role in that? Yes, because Russ sometimes holds the ball too long. He does, he does play a role in that. Has it been better? Yeah, it's, it's better with the line, but it's not, not, what, not, not what you thought it'd be with spending the money they spent on those two guys I mentioned. Right. 
I just feel like if if you're the Broncos, if you're a Broncos fan, there are disappointing things. The Dolphins game will be a lasting, lasting stain, stain, rash that's going to be tough to get rid of for a long time. That I, I think that you you know you look at that and that's that's tough to shake. I mean, they gave up seventy. That's that's not nothing. But you also have to feel good about the way they bounce back from that. Well, the defense over that five-game winning streak, they forced 16 turnovers and how they turn things around. You know, just looking at some of the offensive line rankings, they have the Broncos ranked 22nd on one website. Considering what the Broncos invested in Mike McGlinchey and, uh, and Ben Powers, expected it to be at least maybe a top 10. I'll, I'll take top 15. I would have taken that. But see, here's the other thing, too. Because um, I've seen, like, a lot of the pro football focus rankings that they'll put out of, like... Which we sometimes think are garbage. Sometimes they don't... It's like, really? They're, you think they're that good? Or there's, there's a lot of times we don't always agree with pro football focus. And... And I don't 100% know what their metrics are and what they're what they're using to determine those sorts of things. Because if you look at those individual rankings, you're going to see names like Quinn Miners pop up as like second-ranked guard in blah, 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 protection against the rush, blah, 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 blah. You know, or, or Garrett Bowles will be like, Garrett Bowles was our top-ranked left tackle against pressures coming from this direction, blah, blah, you know. There's a lot of metrics, a lot of things you can look at. A lot of stuff that probably requires some sort of master's degree (laughs) understanding of statistics and mathematics that I have neither the time nor the uh, patience for. But nonetheless, you look at maybe the individual contributors and you go, okay, we have some pieces there. And then you look at the overall results and you go, something's got to work. Now, where I will say this, last year the offensive line went through like, what, five different iterations or combinations of this guy's going this direction and, the okay, we're going to move him to guard, we'll move him to tackle, we'll go from left to right, blah, blah, blah. This unit stayed with maybe like one or two exceptions stayed pretty much the same the whole year. And that is a monumental task. And so you'd like to think that that maybe for Zach Strafe in year two, with this, it's going to be the same group pretty much. Maybe Garrett Bowles might get blown out. That's that's still, I think, a, a possibility. That this is going to be pretty much the group that's going to be on the field in 2024. Because you've committed a ton of money to, to Powers and McGlinchey, Miners, as you referenced, has been regarded by some as one of the, the better, one of the emerging guards, one of the better young offensive linemen, interior offensive linemen in the league. Cushenberry's certainly, I think, Lord Cushenberry the third Lord has improved. So that means Garrett Bowles, I think Guru Gary sent us a text about that, that he's read some things that he might get blown out. That's a possibility. I, I just think that when you look at at this coming season, at, at 2024, that you know, the, the defense, Vance Joseph's defense has got to get better. While they bounce back nicely uh, after that, the debacle in Miami, 
it's still it's not good enough. It's just not yet. Now, is that a reflection of Vance Joseph, or is that a reflection of the players on the on the on the actual unit? Uh, can I say both? It's probably both. You can, except I'll go back to the fact that under, um, oh God, what was his name? DC from last year. The only like good coach. Uh, uh, Juro Vero. Juro Vero, thank you. He's now in Carolina. He's now in Carolina. <laughs> Where? Under. How's that going? Well, that that's a reflection of of who's on the actually, roster. It's, actually, it's gone pretty well. I'm just looking at the numbers. Oh yeah. As bad as Carolina is, her defense is still pretty good. What's their uh, What's their ranking? Uh, or what's what's like the the bright spots? They're ranked. They're ranked third in total defense. Really? Yeah. They're ranked third in total defense. So there you go. And, and under Evero last year, the Broncos were, I think, uh, they were top ten. I think they were eighth or top something. ten. They were so top ten defense last year. And I don't, I don't know how much exactly. Well, I, I, should, I shouldn't have taken as bad as the Panthers are. And surprise, they're bad. And surprise, that defense has not been that bad. They're giving up two hundred ninety-eight yards per game. So there you go. Under under Rivero, this team's a top 10 unit under Vance Joseph with, you know, I don't know. 30th right now in total defense. And I don't know how much turnover there was year to year on the defensive side, but you kept your core pieces, your Simmons, your Sertans. You know, you brought your Alex Singletons. You've, you tried to make some moves there. You know, they're, they're just, there seems to me, and I know that, Early on, there were calls for pitchforks and we got to fire Vance Joseph. And, you know, those calls have definitely subsided. But you just said they're ranked 30th. 30th. That's near the bottom total defense. You know, and, and look, and I, I cracked on Butchie earlier with his extend Russ comment. <laughs> you know, Chiefs defense, number two in total defense right now. Browns are number one. Chiefs still got problems offensively, though, which yeah, you would have do. never thought that in a million years that that would be the problem for the Kansas City Chiefs, that they've got offensive issues. Offensive issues that, by the way, are not stemming from the quarterback. It's stemming from the players around the quarterback. All right, before we get to around the NFL, got some text to catch up on. And, and Butchie, yes, Happy New Year, Butchie. I've like given Butchie some grief. Uh, Coach Crab out at Fruta. Jim, off the topic question for you. What quarterback had NFL success that played under Lincoln Riley? What makes me, what makes me question Caleb? Are these system guys? Let's um, take a look. Baker played for Riley. Lincoln Riley. Baker's been okay. He's not been great. He's not never. He's not necessarily lived up to his number one pick in the draft status. So he's been okay. These are the three names that stick out. That have at some point been coached by Lincoln Riley. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield. Uh, they've all been pretty good, to be quite honest. They haven't been bad. And and I saw... Uh, and Kyler Murray's taken the, the Cardinals to the playoffs before. Hurts obviously took him to a Super Bowl, played well. Well, and, and so kind of tying into uh, Timbo's text on the text line, 970-242-1340. Doesn't matter who you have as receivers, he, I assume Russ, couldn't see them anyway. Short joke. And and probably a little true. I think it's true when it comes to throwing between the hash marks between, at times. Between the hash marks, absolutely. But, you know, again, Lincoln Riley, 
Kyler Murray, he ain't exactly the tallest cat on the field. So, and he he kind of, I don't want to say he plays a similar style to Russell Wilson, but he's the same kind of, he's mobile, makes plays from outside the pocket, doesn't really fit into a system. He just sort of, he can make plays when he's kind of free to improvise, when he's free to do right. unconventional well, but things. But that's the thing with Russ, though. That's 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 part of the problem here, too, is you have you have a clash of styles. Sean Payton wants his quarterback to stay in the pocket, be a rhythm guy, just like Drew Brees was. He wants him to be maybe move in the pocket a little bit, but he doesn't want him to get outside all the time. Wasn't that's, that the whole bugaboo, though, with Russ and Nathaniel Hackett, was that Russ was like, I want to be a system. Well, yeah, and I think Russ realized... That's not who I am. Because and, then, what, and so now it's what's getting it's a it's a clash of styles where I think Russ realized I'm not I'm not probably a pocket guy as much as I want to prove to people that I am. That's where but he also thought Sean Payton would help him with that because what was the thing about Drew Brees? He wasn't a particularly tall quarterback. No. And so that you Sean Payton had the success with a shorter stature quarterback and that 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 magic recipe, that secret sauce is going to work with Russell Wilson. And, and, and I, I posed this question when I was with my, my, with my family, particularly my, my mom and TFDG, Benson's family, Tyler, whatever. Um, I posed the question of if Russell or if Sean Payton was, for all practical purposes, brought in to, quote, fix Russell Wilson, and he, number one, doesn't like him, <laughs> And number two, doesn't he doesn't work within a system, and you can't really you can't really force a system onto Russell Wilson. You can't make him something that he's not, which is a pocket passing quarterback. Why take the job in the first place? You know what you do. Good coaches uh, adapt their system to the talent they have. That's what good coaches do. And you find a way for Russ to fit what you do, or you bench to, him for Jared Stidham. Yeah. Or you just put in, that's the thing. All Sean has to do is say, I don't have to work with this guy. I can just play whoever I want because I'm the coach and I have autonomy. You know, and that's what he did. You also see that they're paying him like 245 or Doesn't matter. million dollars. That you Doesn't matter. Well, I don't want him to start. But he's, but he's getting his wish, though. He's getting, he's getting what he wants, which is he's going to have a different quarterback to work with. So here's... I mean, the, Sean Payton ultimately is getting what he wants here, which is... I, I had his reservations about Russ to begin with. Didn't work out. And his this is all I'm 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 peering into the mind of Sean Payton. Had his had his concerns, his reservations, and and things have not gone as well as Sean Payton thought they would. Somebody has to be the sacrificial lamb here. Russ is to a degree that guy. And so here we go. And we but he's also a guy he didn't really want to work with that much to begin with. The $200 million sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, that's that's, um, that's what he is. All right, so this is, we. you posed the question of, is there, can you get a better quarterback than Russell Wilson okay. in the next year or so? Because I, I don't know if the draft guys, we don't know, because you had Timbo with Give Me Some Penix. He may not be there, Timbo, when... 
the Broncos drafted 14. So as it stands right now, you mentioned 14th overall. And if they win, who knows? Maybe they drop down to 15, 16, it's whatever. It's possible that, that, that they go farther down. You know, and that could happen. You don't know. I think right now it's probably a safe bet that 14's about their ceiling. If they drop to 8 and 9, if they lose to Vegas on Sunday, then, you know, maybe they climb up to 13 or 12 or whatever. This, to me, this is not the year you draft a first-round quarterback. This is the year, and, I, and I'm going to get so much grief for this. Okay. And, I, and at this point, I don't really care. Okay. Tank. <laughs> and we, then... We're going to tank in 2024? Gonna... No, no, no. Hear me out. Okay. Tank in 2024. Top five pick in the 2025 draft. And I'm going to sound like a madman. Okay. And I'm also going to sound like I'm wearing my rose-colored glasses. Okay. Shador Sanders. I like Shadur. I, I I think he'd be worth drafting. I don't think I'm going to tank my entire season, though, on the hopes that Shadur Sanders but is going to be the guy that that, that saves the Broncos he, after he, after another bad year. So he he ticks a couple of the main boxes because if if and now this is entirely contingent on if ownership is in on the tanking. If they are like, okay, we'll we'll let you sort of rebuild they won't call it a tank they'll call it a rebuild if they let sean payton sort of recraft because number one george payton i think he's gone at the end of this year i don't think there's a reason to keep him around they're good buddies they're good buddies that's what i keep hearing they're really good friends payton and payton george payton is gone at the end of the year i I say that somewhat tongue-in-cheek i'm not entirely sure that is the case george payton's gone at the end of the year Sean Payton takes on a kind of Bill O'Brien head coach and GM simultaneous role, which obviously didn't work out so great for Bill O'Brien, but it can happen. Okay. You just brought up Bill O'Brien. I know. You brought up one of the most disastrous. I know. You. I know. Okay. I'm I'm listening. Sean Payton (laughs) takes on a, not just a coaching role, but a roster building role. Okay. We know Coach Prime loves Sean Payton. That's his guy. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton probably mm-hmm. has the same respect and probably, you know, for this for a lot of the same ways that Sean was all about, I love Caleb Williams, love his style of play. I bet you he feels similar about Shador. And again, he ticks the box of he's he's got the acumen, he's got the arm strength, he's if depending on how this upcoming season, the Big okay. 12 goes, okay, his draft stock will rise. It was already kind of high this year, I think. Yeah, and then, yeah he, he, did, he did nothing but help himself. His draft stock's only going to continue to rise. And it's a guy that I think Sean Payton would want to go after and want to work with. That they would already kind of have a working okay. relationship going into it. Okay. As opposed to... Bringing him in to, hey, you're going to, this is, this is your project. Russell Wilson, he goes, I'm not working on this. I'm not, I'm, I don't want to do this. Having the good coach to quarterback relationship from the get-go, that's the thing that's going to, I think, get this team back on the right track. 
That was, and, and, I, and I know I sound crazy. I okay. know I sound okay. crazy. Okay, I, I just got to bring up something here. Go um, ahead. I went, I went to the kitchen earlier. Okay. Uh, because I wanted to wrap up some, some leftovers. Mm. Mm. And I went to look for the tinfoil. It was all gone. Mm. Oh, that's right, because you took it to build your <laughs> hat that you're wearing right now. <laughs> Oh, let's go out here. Um, Marty. <laughs> who Marty, I had Marty's back yesterday. I don't know if I'm gonna have your back today, Marty. Uh nine wins, who cares? I do. I like to see him win nine games. I like to see him beat the Raiders. I'd be more excited if this team wasn't bereft of talent and if in cap and draft purgatory to boot. That I agree with you on. That makes it tough. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't see a viable path forward for at least two years. So how do you build draft capital? Make trades? Yeah. And you lose. <laughs> You lose enough games, you get a top pick in the first round, make enough trades to get some second, third, or even fourth later round guys. I, I just think that that's, that's a tough sell to most people. It's a... Hey, we're we're going we're we're to go out and lose and have a crappy season so we can draft Shadur Sanders, and, and maybe that works out, and maybe it doesn't. I don't know. we got to move on here. Uh, Bird Dog over at uh, Bird Family Insurance. Dear Joker and Murray and Nuggets team, I love you. What a comeback. <laughs> Warriors couldn't miss... And when Joker hit the 38-footer, he broke their hearts. You got to love that. Yes, got to love that. All right, let's quickly go around the NFL. The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. You know, I still like and respect you. I but, know. Uh, I do hope you're planning on replacing the roll of aluminum foil that was uh, in, the, in the kitchen. I'll make a store run later today. <laughs> I'd appreciate that. Thank you. All right, so uh, Broncos... Raiders coming up Sunday in Las Vegas uh, for Denver. Uh, just looking at some of the overall numbers, offensive rankings, Denver's 26th in, in total offense right now, 17th in rushing, 26th in passing offense. The Raiders 29th in total offense. Of course, Aiden O'Connell taking over at the quarterback spot here the last uh, several games. 30th in rushing offense. Well, they went from having the leading rusher in the league last year in Josh Jacobs Oof. and now 30th in rushing. They're 23rd in passing. Broncos, 17th in scoring offense. Raiders are 26th in scoring offense this season. Defensively, Denver's 30th in total defense. The Raiders are 18th in total defense. As Jared Stidham making his second start as a Broncos quarterback uh, heading into Sunday's game at Allegiant Stadium, or he started the last two games of last year when they decided to part ways with Derek Carr, who it's eerily similar. It's too but similar. It, as we heard it too much. It's similar, but not the same. Yes, it is. I, I No, it is the same scenario that Stidham went through last year. It drives me nuts when, they, when I hear them say, well, it's similar, but it's different. No, it's not. It's the same thing. You're getting rid of a veteran quarterback, and you're in there auditioning or whatever. But here's Jared Stidham on facing his former team. Yeah, uh, obviously excited. Um, you know, I spent spent a year there and made a lot of relationships with a lot of people um but i'm here now so i'm i'm looking forward to playing playing against those guys i mean i did it in practice obviously um all last year so um just excited to, to get back in there on the opposing sideline you know try and try and score some points and hopefully win all right sean payton was asked about uh, watching tape from the first game because the first game was the first game of the season where denver lost by a point at home one yep. of those three losses by a total of, of six points that hurt Denver's playoff chances. And Payne was asked about how much can you really glean from that and also about facing Khalil Mack. Um, you know, the Charger game, it felt like it was just two weeks back. This one feels like it was last season. Um, but when you 
you put the tape on and you, you see that defensively, I don't know that there's been, there's, there's different players playing at some positions, but you're still seeing a very similar scheme. Um, maybe there's been a little bit more of a, a transition offensively. Uh, it's hard for me to say that, but um, Max, I mean, the, the, the challenge with him is, I said this the other day, these traits where he's an ex exceptional athlete, um, he bends really well. So it, it's hard to stay on him. You know, he can, he can get off a block very quickly. Um, he's highly intelligent. So you see him in a stance, waiting. Um, he obviously understands where the backs are. Um, so he's highly intelligent. And then the other thing is his stamina is unique. I mean, I don't, I don't have the exacts, but he's, he's playing close to 98, 99%. And when you look at play 67, it's the same as play eight. That's rare. All right. So uh, that's Sean Payton, Broncos and the Raiders Sunday on the team. Countdown to kickoff at noon, 225 kickoff from Allegiant Stadium. Uh, coming up on Sunday here on the Team Sports Network. One of the Broncos' uh, thing to, to to kick around for just a moment here, that uh, Patrick Sertan II, who was announced as a Pro Bowl starter on Wednesday. I don't know if you saw this also with uh, um, Amon Ross St. Brown, the Lions receiver, who was second in the league in receptions, but he's not a Pro Bowler. How does that happen? Which to me is, shows the absolute how worthless the Pro Bowl is, especially now it's a flag football game. But anyway, that uh, one of the things that you have to think about now with, with Patrick Sertan the second moving forward is the next deal for Patrick Sertan, the contract extension. Remember what his dad said? Vaguely. It was, it was something Patrick, like... Basically, get my boy out of there? Something like after that. After the Dolphins massacre, after that, that debacle? Um, yeah. So, by the way, also Thursday, yesterday, he was named uh, uh, Sertan the uh, Demarius Thomas team MVP by the uh, Denver chapter of the Pro Football Writers of America. Won that for the second straight time. So he's 23. What's he going to get paid? Jair Alexander right now is the highest paid corner in the league with the Packers at $21 million a year. Then it's Denzel Ward, the Browns, Jalen Ramsey after that. What's Sertan going to get? Oof. And you're, we're talking about a Broncos football team that is dealing with cap issues and things like that because of the Russell Wilson situation and money in general. Hey, that video board ain't going to pay for itself. See uh, where this all goes. Moving forward with uh, PS2. All right, uh, 826, and it's time to play Where in the World is Tyler Franson? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Where the hell is he? Well, I can't find him. He's not hide forever. I will find you. Yes, it's your chance to win Brewski today from our good friends at High Country Beverage and some fat tire for you. Must be over the age of 21, and if you have uh, won within the last two weeks, which is, I guess, impossible because we suspended contesting at the end of the year. Nonetheless, two-week window still applies have to be over the age of 21, and you cannot have won within the last two weeks. Otherwise, uh, text in to the text line, 970-242-1340. First correct answer for where in the world is Tyler Franson gets a case of fat tire today. 
This former NBA arena enjoyed a 20-year run of existence before being absolutely 100% demolished and turned into what is now a grassy meadow. How bad was this place? Three years after closure, the hardwood floor was sold to a Christian high school in Virginia. But take solace, fans of this team. You'll always have the fond memories when the team that played there went 764 and 867. Where in the world is Tyler Franson? All right, first correct answer Wednesday. If you, uh, well, most of you have not won the last two weeks since we've been, we had a, uh, our contesting was on hiatus. So, uh, but keep that in mind. A case of fat tire from New Belgium Brewery and a high country beverage today. First correct answer wins. Must be 21 or older. Text in on the team line 970 242 1340. Coming up in a few minutes, we'll talk with Central Girls basketball coach Mary Doan. And Central does host Montrose Tuesday, by the way. Okay. Confirmation from Josh King. At its central. So, uh, anyway, we'll talk with Mary Doan coming up. But next, Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex, will join us in studio on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 833. Jim along with Cake today. With uh, one of my new favorite artists. Noah Khan is... He's got some good stuff. Love that guy. Homesick's a great song. Dial Drunk's a great song. This is Dial Drunk. Yes. This is... He does a great song. Uh, Northern Attitude with Hosier. I, I like Noah Khan an awful lot. A really good, good new performer on the scene. All right. Um, A33, Jackson Wilson joining us today. River City Sportplex. Jackson, thanks for... We're coming in for a little while this morning. Uh, yeah, the, the the New Year's tournament. Uh, how did things go with that over at River City? Yeah, it went really well. Oh, yeah. Let me let me do that. There we go. Oh no! <laughs> thank you, Mr. Davis. Kate, good to see you. Nice tin foil hat. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no tournament. Tournament went really good. Um, you know, three day hockey tournament over there for all the adult guys. We had some guys in from out of town. Um, really fun though. You know, all day just over there playing some hockey and. Um, little three-on-three cross-size, kind of more of a pond hockey style, which is fun instead of the five-on-five all the time. So, yeah, it went really well. Everyone had a good time. Um, Our most successful tournament to date. So That's great. Yeah, it was really good. We had a bunch of fun. So guys from all over the, the yeah, Western we Slope and the state, I'm assuming? Yeah, we had some, like uh, guys from Gunnison, guys from Glenwood Aspen, a couple guys out of Denver came up, you know, stuff like that. Great. Um, so, yeah, so it's starting... We're starting to expand, kind of get the adult tournament scene going a little bit, and then hopefully by next season we'll have awesome youth, more youth tournaments and stuff going. And then uh, speaking of uh, youth hockey, the Riverhawks getting ready to go over to Salt Lake here soon. Yeah, we're taking six teams for MLK weekend next weekend uh, to Salt Lake, and hopefully we'll do well over there. Um, you know, and then we got games this weekend. I'll be in Vail with my uh, – I coach like the middle school higher level team, the kids that are going into Cap Rock. About right. five freshmen or so actually play on both teams currently. Um, they'll be in Vail. Um, and speaking of Cap Rock, they play Battle Mountain tonight in Vail um, at Dobson Arena as well. Um, and they're doing great. I think I think you know they're they, if their record's not tied, they're above five hundred. So really good start to this uh, inaugural JV season for them. All right, Jackson Wilson River City Sportplex with us. Uh, uh, anything else going on with River City you want to let people know about maybe uh, in terms of uh, uh, 
skating things that are going on, some of those sessions, any of those other things, curling as well. Yep, yep. We got we're gonna start the curling league back up. That's already sold sold out again. We got thirty two curlers, eight teams um, in the league. There we have uh, kind of four curling sheets, eight curling dots um, there on the sheet of ice at River City. So. We're super excited about that. We have a lot of learn to curl opportunities as well in classes for people that might want to try. Um, you know, our learn to skate, learn to play um, start up again here in a week or two. So if you got any kids or grandkids that, you know, want to go out and play or you yourself want to learn how to skate or play, we got those opportunities as well. And, you know, it's just kind of getting starting to attack the next uh, two and a half, three and a half months here of uh, the second half of the hockey season. You know, it's always a long one. You know, it's about five and a half, six months for, for most of the kids. So um, we're really excited, though. Get information on all this at rivercitysportplex.com. Jackson Wilson with us. And Jackson, uh, Avalanche back-to-back overtime wins, thanks to Nathan McKinnon, uh, the win against the Islanders. And then last night, uh, Going to Dallas, uh, had to overcome a, a deficit a couple of different times to, to win in overtime, thanks to McKinnon, who was also named to his seventh straight uh, NHL All-Star team. So uh, Nathan McKinnon has been hot. The Avalanche, they've they've dug themselves holes. Yep. They've been able to find a way to dig themselves out of those holes the last uh, couple of games. If you if you don't have a bet slip on Nate McKinnon being MVP right now, I, yeah. I don't know. Like he's so good, and it's been the whole year. It's like I mean he's super hot right now, but th- like the whole year the guy has just been on a mission. And um, you know I think that first round exit last year probably got him a little fired up. And then with all of the change of the roster this off season too, I mean I think he just felt a more you know, and Landis Cogs out. So I think over the past two years, he's found a more leadership role as well, too, inside that dressing room as the guy actually putting on, you know, the armor and playing night in, night out. Um, and I think you're just seeing a newly driven kind of a, uh, you know, more of a leader, Nathan McKinnon, um, which I think it's been great because, you know, for a while, I think he could just, you know, go do his thing, be intense, let Landy handle a lot. But now, um, you know, he's, I think, kind of falling more into that role of like, you know what, we do need a guy to to be that Landis Cog type figure. And not only he can do that, but, I mean, you see how he just makes it look so easy and three-on-three will chip off the wall, take the puck through the neutral zone, you know, low blocker, hey, how are you? So, it's and, unbelievable. And he guys played extremely motivated hockey yeah. as Valerie Nachushkin. Yeah. Uh, since the birth of his daughter, you know, the, the, Everything that happened last year in Seattle and, and that mess in the first round, and we still don't really know exactly what transpired there, but but Nachushkin has been one of the better forwards in the NHL over the last, you know, several weeks. Yep, Rantanen got a little hot, cooled off. Big Val's been consistent all season. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he um he's been really good and he's so big and you know, I think a lot of times last year you would see and just be like, oh, man, like that just kind of looked like a bit of a lazy play or like, you know, he could have been in a little bit better positioning there, whatever. And this season he just seems a little more engaged um, might be the right word. So he's been very exciting. And then uh, Jonathan drew in. He's been great. Unbelievable. I, I dropped him in fantasy hockey <laughs> like, you know, three weeks ago. The guy wasn't doing nothing. And then, you know, it takes 20 games sometimes, 25 games, and all of a sudden he's finding his stride, confidence with the puck. Um, I bet Nate McKinnon's got to be happy. Again, they're, they're long-time, they were junior teammates back when they were younger. So, um, you know, it's just, it's been fun to watch. I think they need a second goalie. I think they need to find uh, another goalie to get in there with Georgie. He just seems a little inconsistent this season. 
Still a great goaltender. I think he stopped 28 out of 32 last night. Um, but really, after him, I just, I mean, I don't know. With Fr- Francois still on, on the IR, and, you know, I, I don't know if, if they need to bring it in. They're starting to get the goals, which is nice, but they do need to tighten it up a little bit more in the, in the D zone, try and keep some pucks out. Trade deadlines on the horizon. Do you see them being extremely active or just kind of saying, okay, this is what, you know, things are starting to gel. The moves we made in the offseason are starting to to now, you know, bear some fruit here and they just kind of stick with what they have. You know, knock knock on your studio desk here that, you know, they've uh, they've been pretty good about not getting hurt. They've, you know, they've stayed off the IR list pretty, pretty well. Um, Obviously, we had issues with Sam Gerrard, but he's back. Um, you know, good, good to hear that he 100%. took the time to, to deal with some of you his issues. To. And well, you have to, especially when it's your job like that. And it's just spiraling down a little bit. And they have, you know, in these leagues, as as much as you hear conflicting stories coming out, they do try to have, I think, support there for players that are having issues off the uh, off the ice or off the field. So it's really good to see him come back. He's had a really good support group in him. Um you know, so it's 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 been really good to get him. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know what goalie you trade for if you were to get a second right. goalie. I know that like uh, one two of the Anaheim Ducks goaltenders, uh, John Gibson and Lucas Doskal are potentially up for grabs. Um, but I I really don't know what to. I mean, it'd be nice to have Francois come back, but he's. I mean, it sounds like he's going to be out for a while. So we we just don't know. Um, and then again, if they decide to try and get a, another depth forward or if they want to try and add in another penalty killer type D or, or something like that, um, you know, Chris McFarlane and Joe Sackick are always potentially looking at some things. But, yeah, I mean, with this win over Dallas, they're sitting in first place of the division still. I think they're hopefully starting to figure it out. Um, I think Bednar has probably been in there making some adjustments for what style best fits this group of guys he has. And, uh, and they got all the talent in the world. And, and they got what looks like the best player in the NHL right now, Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, so no doubt about that. You, and, when you, and when you have those things, it, you're dangerous. You know, so. And a couple big ones coming up here. Florida tomorrow will have it on the team at 130. And then uh, we'll have uh, the Monday game with Boston as yep. well. So a couple of big, couple of top two teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, speaking speaking of big games, 1130 a.m. today. Okay. NHL Network, the World Junior Championship. That's the 20 and under World Junior Championship, Sweden versus USA at 1130 today. That'll be a really good hockey game. They're playing over in Sweden. It's the gold medal game of the uh, of the tournament. Canada got knocked out in the quarterfinals. Those darn Canucks, <laughs> thank God. Uh, but it'll be a really good game. If anyone's looking to watch some hockey even today, too, that'll be that'll be really fun. A lot of uh, guys that'll be in the NHL um, will be playing in that one. So I appreciate the viewing tip on that, by oh, the way. Dude, it's it's that's my favorite tournament of the year. These watching these young kids playing international hockey. It's like a U twenty Olympics for hockey almost. And that's where, you know, Bedard played in that last year. Um, and uh it's just really fun to watch some of these kids play. All right, Jackson. Happy New Year. Good to see you, my friend. Yeah, happy new year, guys. Cake good luck with uh, you know, the tanking or whatever. <laughs> with Shadir Sanders and Yeah. I know I, thought, I sound crazy. I but... completely thought you were going the Arch Manning. Oh God! For a minute, I I I'm listening, and I'm like, he's gonna say Arch Manning. He's gonna say a Manning. Yeah, he's gonna and, say Arch. No, and I was a little surprised too. I thought it'd be Arch. All right, uh, Mary Mary Down Central Girls Basketball Coach, join us next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Craptastic. Not just crap. 
the team presents the Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Get in the huddle with Central Girls basketball coach Mary Doan on the team. And Mary Doan brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Mary Doan joins us on the team line. Good morning, Mary. How are you? Good, Jim. How are you? I'm doing fine. Happy New Year, by the way, to uh, to you and uh, the Central Coast basketball team. So, uh, your team, uh, unfortunately, losing to Fort Collins, 79 to 45 last night. I guess just uh, kind of take us through uh, what you saw from your team against the Lambkins. Um, you know, we struggled in transition defense, and we struggled in rebounding. And you know, we just uh, we're not very tall. And we need to do a better job with uh, making that more of a priority when the shot goes up to just tag and turn, you know, but we haven't, we haven't got there yet. Well, certainly with, uh, of course, the, the start of Southwestern League play on the horizon uh, with, with Montrose coming up on Tuesday. Of course, you got one more with a, a non-league game with, with Douglas County. Uh, coming up here uh, after bed, actually coming up at, at noon today, according to the schedule that, uh, I mean, with, with your team in terms of the rebounding, like you can't make them taller. I think we've talked about this before. You can't put them on a rack and stretch them or anything like that. Um, it, it's just rebounding is about effort and about uh, about the, the desire. And I guess just it's got to be it has to be frustrating at times to feel like that's just not it, at times. I'm sure you feel like your 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 players are, are trying to make that happen, but but also just uh, and sometimes I'm sure you, you feel like that just that message isn't getting across on occasion. Yeah, I don't think they've got that message yet. Um, and there's no quick hitter or systematic thing that you can do. Uh, it's not like I can draw up a play for them to box out. So, it's, yeah, it is, uh, they just they need to do it. They need to want to do it. They need to recognize the importance on it. And, you know, they need to do it. Pat Summit was one of, you know, the most famous basketball coaches who always said, you know, offense wins fans, defense wins games, and rebounds win championships. And you know, that's that is a huge, big, a huge difference in games. And uh, tall or not, we need to do a better job. Yeah, Douglas County coming up today. They're five and four. Uh, outside of the rebounding, what do you hope to see from your team? What things you, would you like to to see improvement on when you take on Douglas County today? Uh, we, I'd like to get some easy buckets. I would like to get some play a little better defense pressure-wise and try to get some easy buckets, get some stuff at the rim, maybe get to the free-throw line uh, a few more times. And, you know, uh, Douglas County has a really good basketball player, and we're going to just have to do a good – we're going to have to do a better job on their their good kids. Mary Doan joining us today, coach of the Central Girls basketball team, uh, with us today on the team sports network so uh, league play begins at your place on tuesday uh, you're two and seven montrose they're the, the opposite they're they're seven and two right now for steve skiff they've got off to a really good start uh, macy oberg uh, has been outstanding the, the sophomore had a great freshman campaign last year she's been even better this year averaging almost 15 points per game eight rebounds per contest uh they've also uh, had a great start from taking rocco at almost 11 points per basketball game it's uh, going to be a, a difficult opener on your home floor, which makes it better, Mary, but a tough opener in league play uh, Tuesday when you take on Montrose. Yeah. Um, you know, right now we just, we're still trying to find ourselves and figure out, you know, our identity and our role players. Um, they're getting there, you know, uh, versus Delta. Sophie Lipton had 11 last night. Emma had 12. So 
you know, hopefully we can, our role player, you know, those kids can keep doing that and, you know, everyone can, can play a little bit better basketball or team basketball. And, you know, I mean, I'm, our home, I, I don't know why we're starting, honestly, Jim, I don't know why we're starting league on Tuesday. I don't, we, we start league and then we play about three or four more non-league games and then we turn around to Montrose again. And so that's, it's a little frustrating. Uh, but it is what it is, so we're going to put the other best team we can and we're going to go out and hopefully we rebound better. So obviously you, you feel like let's get more non-league games in, then start league play. It just yeah, it is it is a very unconventional start with, with a league game and then, boom, you're, you're out of league for, for two or three games. Yeah, I mean, we only have eight league games. I don't know why we don't start them towards the end of January. You know, I don't know why we stick non-league games in the middle, and I don't know why we play Montrose twice before we play any other league team. Mary Doan, yeah, so. yeah I, you know, it's an uh, interesting, <laughs> interesting schedule, no doubt about it. Mary. The, the way the, the way it's laid out, Mary Doan, the coach of the Central Girls Basketball Team, getting back to the Red Hawks for a moment, mentioned Oberg and Rocco, Maggie Leg, uh, sophomores also having a, a great season as well, ten points per game. That that's those are three really good players, you know, and certainly young players. Well, the two of them are, are sophomores. Rocco's a senior, but uh, those three players—that's going to be a, a real challenge for your for your girls uh, coming up Tuesday night. Yeah, you know, I and I don't think we have bad players. You know, I, I think we have a good team, and I really believe that these girls can and can play at a high level. We just like I said, uh, we just got to take it one game at a time, and we got to keep getting better and not forget the lessons we learned in pre- previous games and, you know, keep growing. We, you know, we do have some inexperience on the team, but um, like I said, I think we're getting there and I, I like, I, I believe this team can be a good team. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited for today's game. It's going to be a tough challenge. And then, you know, we'll take a, whatever happens here and we'll assess the situation and, and grow and get better and have a better product on Tuesday. And that's, that's all you can do. What's one of the things, Mary, you have liked about your team so far? I mean, we talk about the rebounding, and that's not where you obviously you like it to be. But what are what are some things you have liked uh, about your team, despite what's been a you know a start that you're not accustomed to? Uh, offensively, I think they've moved the ball really well. I think they're uh, at times almost too unself too too unselfish. You know, last night I think Brand uh, got downhill a ton and uh, Fort Collins, and and no one was stopping her, and she was. And she looked for her teammates, and you know, I, I think she could have had you know, four four more buckets there, and maybe a couple more chances at the free throw line. Um, Christina does the same thing, you know. So, sometimes she stops herself, uh, and then you know, uh, they all they all look for each other, and they just I think you know they play a good team. They play they move the ball well together on offense. Um, sometimes a little too well, but. I like that. And they're, they're willing to try anything. They're willing to do anything. They're, you know, they're coachable and they listen and they work hard in practice. And and I like that. Hey, Mary, uh, once again, thanks for coming on this morning. Uh, Good luck against Douglas County today. And of course, we'll have Tuesday's matchup with Montrose right here on the team sports network. Mary, appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jim. Have a good day. You too. Take care. Mary Doan, coach of the central girls basketball team with uh, some very Candy comments about uh, not liking the, how the schedule's uh, laid out this year with playing a league game and then they get out of league, which that will be one of the, the pluses of, of adding Palisade into the mix coming up next season uh, for the, the Southwestern League. I think that's 
that's been long overdue and a, a nice addition. But uh, it, it kind of provides a little bit of balance. You know what I mean? Yeah, actually, they get out of league for two games. It's uh, Montrose Tuesday, then at you know at Glenwood Battle Mountain at home, and then Durango getting back into league play. All right, uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back with hour three. In text or call us. Uh, Four Down Territory coming up next hour. Also, the stay in sports history, and uh, we have a winner. Correct for uh, we're in the world of Tyler Franson. We do. Okay, we'll do that. We'll announce that top of next hour, right here on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network or online at the Team thirteen forty dot com. And don't forget to get your picks in for Pile Pigskin Pick'em powered by Kissner Motors. Go to the Team thirteen forty dot com.